0: Here's my personal opinion on that. I think it's more this negative, I believe in demonic warfare, right? I I believe in the oppression uh, by the demonic forces in the black community. Mm -hmm. Because how many girls are raised, and guys too, just to believe, they'll never amount to anything. Mm -hmm. They're gonna follow the same track as their parents. They're gonna end up in jail. Most young black men, they're surprised if they live past 21. Today I have a special guest with me. They're all special, but she's really special. We met this weekend at a Samantha weekend. She was here training at the at our headquarters training center, doing jujitsu, blade work, some shooting. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, it's true. It's all true, honey. Am I slurring? Am I getting full Cajun right now? Oh, oh, because I can't drink any more coffee than I already have. Hey, my guest today is Dr. Nadine Phoenix. Welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Here before me, if you're only listening, is a beautiful, sweet gal who's just, uh, but I remember because I've made my, I've stayed alive, been able to read people and I've done pretty good so far. Unless they do a switcheroo on me, but I looked at you and I thought, "Wow, what a composed, highly intelligent gal!" And I didn't know your background, uh, but you actually—you're a doctor. It (laughs) (laughs) tell everybody about your uh, academic promise.
2: Um,
0: where did you start? How did you get interested in school?
2: So, actually, um, the person that invited me, Alma.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I got married young because that's what we do when we're in that environment. Yeah. And I was at the top of my class in high school and Mm -hmm. got married, had a kid young. And Alma came knocking at my door. She's like, you need to go to school. And I said, well, I can't afford it. She's like, well, you have a family now. And you have a dependent. And you can go to school for free. So, she walked back and forth every... Filled out my application. She wow. took it in, came back, and she's like, you missed this part. Fill it in. She took it back to the, the college, and she's like, now you can enroll. I said, really? So I started taking my classes and, um, well, kept having kids, but went through, got my associate's in liberal arts, then got my bachelor's of science in microbiology with an option in clinical laboratory science. Whoa. And, um professors started recognizing me and were like, well, I think you should apply for a master's program. I'm like, oh, no, I don't think so. Like, no, apply for this fellowship and apply for the master's program. So I got a fellowship from NSF to pay me $30,000 a year to get my master's. Wow. Finished my master's under two years in biology with emphasis in innate immu- immunology. They're like, apply to PhD programs. I was like, Really? Yeah, yeah, just apply. So I applied to like six schools, and I didn't get in, but someone declined at UC Santa Barbara. They interviewed me. I was the only one. Then I got in. And uh, at that time, I was pregnant with my fifth child. Wow. Didn't know how I was going to do it. I was alone. Um, I was was in relationships, but it wasn't healthy relationships. I was always raising the kids by myself, so... Mm. I was like, I guess I'm just going. And so ended up going to UC Santa Barbara to do my PhD in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. Hid my pregnancy my first year. It was intensive coursework my first year.
1: Mm.
2: Don't ask me how I did it. (laughs) But I got through it and had my kid. I was also TAing um, biology classes, biology labs. (laughs) They found out that I had a baby. Told me I couldn't come back for another quarter, but paid me. Whoa. And I thought I was going to get kicked out. And so um, I got shunned from my department because mm. they found out that I had five kids. Wow. So no one knew how many kids I had going in. I wow. always kept that a secret.
0: Because they would be biased?
2: They would not. They You wouldn't get accepted. Wow. And so I ended up in a chemical engineering department. My worst subjects were physics and chemistry. Ugh. But I had no other option. I couldn't go back home. I didn't have anybody. Mm. So I had to learn physics and chemistry, a steep learning curve. had no idea what I was doing. I was using a surface-forces apparatus. My PI invented that machine. So the next three years, I dedicated my life to learning physics and chemistry, surface physics, surface chemistry, optics, and Writing my own grants and make sure I had my own money so they wouldn't kick me out. Mm. But they tried to kick me out because they said, we don't think you can multitask. We don't think you can raise a family by yourself and do a Ph.D. program. And every day I showed up because I had my own money and it was painful. And they told other grad students, you need one first author paper to graduate, but you need three. Mm. So I gave them the three. Six co-authors, and I left. I'm like, there's no way you're going to tell me that. I'm not going to get my PhD. So I did above and beyond. And I spoke to this woman at this. I gave a talk at this little retreat. And I said, I always wanted to go to Stanford, but I don't think I can. And she was like, why not? I said, because I don't think I'm I'm good enough. She was like, apply. So I applied, and I got a postdoc at Stanford. But going back to 2001 I lost a daughter to Mm preeclampsia and I vowed to myself that I don't want anyone else to go through this so I spent 14 years in education to become a scientist to study preeclampsia so I studied that for four and a half years.
0: You can hear the emotion in your voice and there's so much to that that my audience doesn't know but they can hear it and see it in you. Uh, Go back to that. What's, what's one of the biggest just triggers of pain uh, during that time period?
2: People telling me that I couldn't do it, mm. that I wasn't smart enough.
0: Mm. Folks, there's a lot of you listening right now. You and you, we have your full attention because you've been told that. Uh, you've been told that all your life. You may be in school right now, but sitting before us right now, what a gift this princess warrior who proved people wrong because in the equation of life and you doing something that is extraordinary when you include god in it everything changes doesn't it
2: mm-hmm. yeah you got you have to believe in something i could not do it by myself there's no way <laughs> if i didn't believe in a a higher being then I feel like I would have been like everyone else in my family. Mm. And because of my strength and my perseverance, I was able to help my daughter get her degree in computational mathematics. Oh, my goodness. With a minor in astrophysics, astronomy, and weather. And she's now at Northrop Grumman as an engineer.
0: No kidding.
2: And she's a sailor.
0: Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking fifth grade was the best six years of my life. And, uh, boy, you have raised the bar. Folks, this is a story of inspiration, and as we unpack this, it's glorious. I mean, wow, you really did break what many would consider like a generational curse, mm-hmm. uh, a cultural generational deal. And the, when we visited yesterday and, and then today, it's this word of perseverance, endure. That's not talked about often or resiliency. Um we're going to get knocked down. Yeah, It is part of life. And folks, when you come up against a wall, when you get pessimistic, what can you tell them? I mean, the nuts and bolts of how would you just get up that next day? You've got kids, you're working, you've got to get your own grant money, and then you got people that don't want you to get your PhD. Mm-hmm. What would you do? What are some of the things that practically you would do?
2: Um, first and foremost, is not attach myself to those negative thoughts. Wow. Those negative thoughts, I had to understand that they weren't coming from me, but they were loud, and it was so hard to ignore them mm. and to ignore the physical drain. Like, I, I crashed and burned. Yeah. I, and I was on. Trazodone, I was on Prozac, I was on Effexor, I was on every medication you can think of I was on. Yeah. Group therapy, individual therapy. I mean, I, I, just, I was on at reading, journaling. Um, I'm an artist, I paint, and also do graphic design. Um, I'm a CrossFit coach, so I worked out. I mean, I was doing everything to make sure that I wasn't going to give up. Mm. And reaching out. When someone says, I'm going to help you, oh, you're going to hear me call because yeah. Yeah, I can't do this by myself. I love that. And even as far as my kids, um, finding scholarships to put them in programs. I mean, I couldn't afford anything. Mm. And it's m- my financial situation now. It's still hard. But applying to scholarships and grants, even for my children, just to you know learn how to play chess. I don't know how to play chess, but my my children were in Everything. Things you couldn't even imagine because I was seeking it out because I wanted them to have a great childhood because mine was a disaster.
0: Now, you're getting emotional again. Yeah. Because many of us didn't have a a great childhood. Uh, What did that look like for you growing up?
2: My father was an alcoholic. Mm. My mother didn't save us. She just allowed him to do what he wanted. Um, and I feel fortunate because my sister got the, the brunt of it, mm-hmm. um, but just being afraid every day and just it was, it was not knowing if that was your last day you're going to live. And I was talking to, um, some of the other uh, people that were here, my aunt reached out. Well, I found my aunt, um. And she said, the one thing that she said to me that kind of shocked me was, I thought you guys were dead. Um, I thought your dad killed you guys. And, and I kind of had resentment toward her because if she knew how she, he was, how come she didn't save us?
0: Right. We call that the death of a dream, right? As a kid your primary caretakers are supposed to be the ones that provide a safe environment. And when it's not safe, everything's busted. I also refer to it as like the biblical sack, that once that thing is broken as a kid, it's just a harsh reality. Um, It's hard to forgive people who have failed us. Have you been able to come to that place of giving up your right to hurt some of the people in your childhood back?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have been <coughs> going through therapy therapy, and understanding how they are mm. and the things that they've been through and the reasons why they are the way they are. Mm.
0: You said that with a smile. Mm-hmm. That smile looked like freedom. Yeah. Because it is freedom it when is. you're able to forgive. Yeah. And like you, understanding uh, my parents' background, mm-hmm and the things that they went through, it sure helped me not to give an excuse, but a reason not to diminish the wrong that was done, but at least I wouldn't hold that against them any longer. Because, folks, I've always said this, unforgiveness is like drinking poison Mm -hmm. and hoping it destroys them, but it will only destroy you. So here you are now. What do you do? for a living. You're a single mom. Yes. And you mentioned finances. We, we live in a country, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have, earning money is difficult. It is. So, <clears throat> tell my audience, what do you do to provide?
2: I'm a teaching assistant professor in a department of biology, and I teach um, Allied Health, which is a biology course for non-majors. Mm-hmm. And I also teach microbiology and cell bio so I'm at one university and I'm in a c- community college um, and I'm not tenure track so okay. I don't make a lot of money okay. um, and it's difficult you think that after 14 years of education you right. should be making a certain amount but for me the reason why I do it is because there's not a lot of women of color in right. the biology department in the sciences alone so most of my, maybe 97% of my students will say, you're the first black professor I've ever had in science. Wow.
0: And and I, here's my personal opinion on that. I think it's more this negative. I believe in demonic warfare, right? I, I believe in the oppression uh, by the demonic forces in the black community. Mm-hmm. Because how many girls are raised and guys, too, just to believe, they'll never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. They're going to follow the same track as their parents. They're going to end up in jail. Most young black men, they're surprised if they live past 21. Yeah, Folks, this is the reality. But yet, I've got a friend, Dr. Mark Little. He's our attorney for organization. A brilliant uh, guy. <laughs> Love this guy to death. But that's our conversation we have ongoing about. Why does the devil hate the black community Mm -hmm. so much? There seems to be this special hatred to destroy. I mean, look what happened at Chicago just this weekend. Um, So I'm praying for revival and freedom because some of our greatest intellects, and I think just leaders in general, uh, have come but need to come out of the black community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, and you're one that's standing here before us, That can prove to anyone, regardless of your background. Just apply that. mm, Believe, forgive, and press on. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, single mom, where do you live right now?
2: I live in Gresham, Oregon.
0: Okay. And uh, uh, five children? Yes. What are their ages range from?
2: From 13 to 23. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got more than one teenager in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for you right now.
2: They're, they're amazing. Are kids. they? So they are amazing. They're all like best friends. They work together. We have weekly family meetings. We have weekly family dinners. Everyone wow. shares everything that they they want to do, what they've wow. done in the, the past week. Um, my oldest daughter will call her, my 19-year-old, and it's been maybe two or three hours, sometimes a day talking. Um, Everyone works so close together. There's no fighting. There's no arguing. And everyone does that internal work. They read. We discuss different things. Um, But then again, I spent a lot of time in um, parenting classes, reading books, because I didn't want to mess my kids up. And I'm always thinking by doing a certain thing in my going to mess up my kids yeah. but then we've all any decision i make it's a group decision because for my postdoc i got an offer at ucla in stanford and i said these are our two options i want you all to go on the internet and do the research and tell me what you want to do but know that you won't see your father as much as possible mm. and they're like Let's go to Stanford because we don't want to see him every other weekend. (laughs) Plus, Stanford has more opportunities. Wow. Yeah.
0: This is amazing. I mean, truly, I'm packing this. I didn't expect all of this. Uh, 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 A lot of single moms out there give up. A lot of single moms Mm -hmm. make excuses. Yeah. A lot of single moms bring the wrong men home Mm -hmm. because of their own loneliness, and it causes problems for kids. How would you encourage women to find their identity in other things than just a man or the pain of loneliness or singleness?
2: That's a good question. It is.
0: Because that's what many single women struggle with. My mom was one. Mm-hmm. And for her, she needed to feel validated by a man. Uh, and that's uh, there's a healthy place for that and a loving marriage, but it's not healthy if you're just trying it one dude, then another dude, then another because there's not a lot of guys out there that will honor and respect and and see a woman the way she should be seen. Mm-hmm. Single, especially a single mom. So I tell ladies, don't compromise. Don't compromise. You know, trust God. Let him Find your identity in him, that he's placed you on this earth for far more than just uh, being, you know, uh, your life is based on what a dude thinks on, of you, because that, that gets real dangerous.
2: Yeah, I don't, I never needed validation. Nice. And I don't know why. I, I My mom left us with my father, so... He didn't give me validation, but I, I can't tell you why I didn't need it. And maybe it's because I was too busy, too mm-hmm. busy trying to raise these kids and this education, and it consumed all of my time. And then on top of that, I'm an athlete, so any other any time that I have that's extra would be in the gym, maybe three to five hours. And right next to be would be my children, my my. Two older boys are Olympic weightlifters. My youngest daughter is also a CrossFitter. And any given night, you will see us in the gym putting in our hours. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I love this. So I would say stay busy in a healthy good way Mm -hmm. do you limit what you watch on tv or what you read or the because it sounds like you have really healthy boundaries
2: we didn't have a tv for a long time
0: bam Mm -hmm. uh we have one but we still don't have the the regular cable we 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 encourage folks don't don't be programmed by the messaging of our culture it's not healthy it's not and uh i can attest to you being a very fit strong gal She's out here doing jujitsu and some shooting and blade work. You and I I was just shocked. I was like, "Wow, is this athletic woman? (laughs) Oh my gosh!" Uh, Well, so um, let me ask you this because I'm a pretty practical person. Do you have to work more than one job right now? Yes. How many do you work?
2: So I am assistant. Professor, teaching professor. I am an instructor. I am a CrossFit coach. Um, I donate my time to a nonprofit organization by grant writing. So mm-hmm. this is a nonprofit organization that um, has CrossFit classes for at-risk youth, and so wow. we I ro- just wrote a grant that was funded for two hundred forty thousand. Wow. Um, and me, actually, my daughter and I wrote it for them. Wow. And we're working on another one that's uh, about a hundred no, another 250. And so um, I with these children, I see myself. And mm-hmm. had, if no one saw the potential in me, there's no way I would be sitting here today. There's no right. way.
0: And a lot of times people don't know, what, what can they do? And this is what we tell them. Start with your family. Yeah. Love your children. Be a good parent. If there's a divorce, because marriage is never guaranteed, it takes two people. Right. Then still be a good parent. You you know that is your primary responsibility, uh, to love those kids, to be an example, and then as God gives you bandwidth and space, it's it's easy to encourage young people. Mm -hmm. The work that we do, people think it's like I'm like it's not that hard. You just show love and care, Mm -hmm. uh, and and concern. So, do you rent a house or do you own?
2: I own. Um, actually was married for four years and mm. my um, ex-husband now just left. Mm. And so, my main focus right now is just trying to keep my house. Yeah. And yeah. That's the only thing I can really focus on right now. Can I now. ask
0: you what that mortgage payment is every month? <sighs>
2: 3600 a month.
0: That's, that's a... Yeah. And you know what? That's the one thing I always believe in. If, if people can, best you can. You know, uh, I remember living in an apartment to apartment, 14 schools, 17 houses, but man, to get a home, what, that means so much, the stability of your children, right?
2: And we've always had a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, and each room was stacked. Yeah. And for them to have their own room now, I cannot take that away from them. Right. I'm going to work however many jobs. I mean, I Uber eat at <laughs> night, I DoorDash at night, I mean, I do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: folks again sitting in front of me she's gone from queen princess warrior to queen warrior hey the ministry of ATP wants to help you out so we're going to cover uh one of your monthly payments for your mortgage of 3600 bucks uh because you're deserving of it and i know it's like to, to see someone catch a breath you just want a breath right and and I know God's put that on my heart. We have a lot of very generous people that support the ministry. And I know this is how they want to help you, too. They listen to you, and they're like, oh, my gosh, how can we help her? Well, folks, we are right now. And then I'd ask people to pray for her um, because prayer is what will sustain her to the next level. And you are a threat to the enemy because you give so much hope to so many moms out there and ladies and we're proud of you we love you and we know this is a tangible way for our faith to be put into action
2: thank you you're
0: welcome now i uh, we'll land this plane because man i was starting to get leaky eyes we're the ninjas invisible ninjas cutting onions in here get them out um i asked my first time guest two questions and there's no wrong answer because it comes from your heart. But first, uh, you've been here this weekend. You've got to get to know Eileen and I a little bit and and see our ministry. But what is your perception of of who we are or what we do?
2: Um, so Alma didn't tell me anything about this weekend. I was in total dark. <laughs> Um, and I didn't get to do the research because she knew I would have done my, my research. I would have (laughs) known everything about you too. Um, but you two are amazing what you do for these people. I mean, I wish I would have met you sooner and Mm. with my, my healing and knowing that there are people out there that are helping, especially with the women that you're working with. My, my sister, um, she went down that path and it was hard to watch and I brought her back. Made mm-hmm. her get her master's degree in wow. applied mathematics, and she's at NASA now. Wow! She, and um, it was hard doing it. Yeah, you know, doing all my things, but then pulling her back, and it was just us two that made it out. And it's so relieving to see that people like you are also helping, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Thank
0: you. Well, it's, that's one thing I. Tell my bride, we we do have the gift of helps. We love yeah. to help people. And we focus on those that few would know or understand. And and from women and children, it's been our passion. Uh, all these 20 years, we've been doing this now. Last question is, we know we all die. It's just part of the life cycle, death. I always ask my guest, first-time guest, what happens to to you, the good doctor, when you pass. You're 110 and you finally close your eyes. What happens to you and why do you believe that?
2: What happens to me? I live on in the spirit world and I get to watch my children thrive.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. So, folks, what she says is true. We're, and this is coming from a very smart gal. You guys, there's a spiritual realm, and we are spiritual beings. We've seen many of these earthly, what well, the Bible says, temples die, but the spirit lives on. Make sure that you have a relationship with God, your Creator. Uh, of course, for us, we call it our surety of salvation, is what Jesus did on the cross. That's what we believe, and we focus on. But it's so important that you understand that you're more than just here, temporary. Mm -hmm. You're an eternal being, and God loves you, and he placed you here for a purpose. And as our guest today has lived and shared, don't give up, press on, keep pressing on. Don't make excuses, um, because your story's not over. Whatever you're in right now, and just like mine, uh, I, I've got another book coming out. I thought, how much life can I live? But it keeps going on. So we love y'all. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you. And we look forward to uh, hearing more about your journey. So, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Go full throttle. You won't regret it. We love you. See you next time right here on The Victim Marks Show. <laughs>